Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> it feels strange to be talking just English with you, even though it's like Franglish anyway that we speak. It feels strange to know that it's only... We can't it's... go to French. No. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. The podcast for any mom that doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magali and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, I'm Sarah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> if Obviously. that wasn't obvious in case I wasn't on. <laughs> Sarah is my sister for those of you that may not know we are here to talk about motherhood you as a mum because well if you're a mother you'll know it's fucking chaos so, so I'll introduce myself at this point so I'm Sarah I have a 10 year old um, and my son is pretty amazing but I can, I can vouch for that it's been 10 years of chaos and literally just surviving each day. You know, when people say, so the great thing about my child, he is actually amazing. Yeah, he's pretty good. And then people are like, how do you do it? I want to tell them, like, follow these steps and your kid will be amazing too. I honestly have no idea how I got to this point. Better good luck. <laughs> A lot of alcohol. <laughs> what do you think? has made Owen, um, I can't remember if you mentioned his name, but my nephew, uh, Sarah's son, is called Owen. What do you think is, I don't know, the one thing or maybe the couple things that you've done that have really enabled him to... Also, when you say he's really good, what do you mean by that? And then perhaps that might lead us on to, you know, what are the handful of things that you feel you've done that have enabled <clears throat> him to be such a, a stand-up, you know, human? In society. Yeah. No, um <laughs> yeah, that sounded really wanky. <laughs> to be such a stand-up guy. Um, I'm a pretty chilled person, well okay. at least I like to think so. Okay. I'm a pretty sociable person. Um, and these are also qualities that I see in Owen. And I see that because he's an only child, obviously. Not necessarily obviously. He's an only child. I had him when I was 17. And I've never been ready to have a second after having him so young. I'm not sure I will ever be ready to have another child. But because of that, I've always had people around me. One, because I'm not sure how trusted I was at 17 to have a baby. So people just were around me continuously to make sure that my child would survive long enough. Did you feel like that? Did you feel like oh. people were coming to you just to sort of, you know, make sure I, you, I felt you were people definitely shared a lot more their opinions or told me what to do with my child because of my age. Now, mm. to be fair, no matter how old you are, you're going to get people's opinions when you have a child. Somehow, as soon as you have a baby and there's another human in your life and you're in control of that, everybody feels entitled to be able to share their experience, their opinions, what they've done and how you should manage that. 
I feel like I didn't even ever have a chance to demonstrate whatever before anybody shared with me or told me what to do. To the point where, and I still remember this like so vividly, when Owen was born, the day he was born, I had to have an emergency C-section and there was a lot of mess and he was not fully to term, but he was out of like the scary part. So he was going to survive and be healthy. But, you know, it's still not the most comfortable space when you're going through a C-section, not something I had ever planned to do. It's an emergency one at that. And he's not for complications that may arise. And I remember for my C-section, for many reasons, I had to be put under general anesthesia. So I was never, I, I didn't see Owen be born. Uh, I didn't get to meet Owen until he was already a half hour old, which people, you know, people overlook that. But I feel like oh, being after carrying him for so long, missing out on that crucial part was heartbreaking. And it's also heartbreaking for the dad because he didn't get to meet his son until the nurse handed him his mm -hmm. own son, mm -hmm. which he must have felt some sort of sadness to that point too. But I remember I'm being wheeled out of the operating room after Owen being born. I still haven't seen him. I'm just about waking up from my phase that is an general anesthesia. And one of the nurses, who's much older at this point, asked me, are you breastfeeding your child? Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. I had never really thought about it. I My assumption was, doesn't everyone kind of do breastfeeding? And then if they can't, do they go to formula feeding? So that I just assumed, again, I was young, quite naive. So I said, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to try. And then if I can't, I'm going to formula feed. And I say this kind of rambling as I'm getting out of my haze. And she says, no, you need to breastfeed your child. Mm. I still haven't even met my son. I'm barely awake from general anesthesia and I'm being told what to do mm -hmm. by another nurse. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like, well, great. I'm already failing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even have a chance to try. Mm -hmm. And something you know is, you know, I then was never able to breastfeed him. Mm -hmm. We tried. We didn't know I wasn't producing enough milk to the point that then he lost weight. We had to come back into hospital, then go to formula feed. The whole event was just trauma. And I'm thinking, gosh, at the first hurdle, the two things that should be so natural being able to deliver your own child I couldn't do that then being able to feed your child couldn't do that what the hell was I gonna do with this newborn at 17 I'm already failing at what my body should be able to do no matter what mm. and then and then more opinions came on so I feel like there was definitely opinions People definitely shared more of their opinions because I was so young and probably, you know, I was naive. So they wanted to share to make sure that I had all the information and I was cared for and the baby was cared for. I get that with hindsight, but I remember at the time and sometimes I still do now. I never even got a chance to, to even breathe or think for myself before everybody else told me exactly what I should be doing. And that was hard. Firstly, I just want to I just want to share that I relate that, uh, you know, I also had a moment in hospital where I stayed overnight because I had a hemorrhage. And the morning when George came to pick us up at the hospital, I was getting all of our stuff together. And Isla, Isla was crying. I couldn't get her to settle down. She had fed, changed nappy, whatever. She was crying. And then I put her, I needed to go. They were, they said, you need to be out of the room. George is here to pick you up. So I just put Isla down and let her cry and then started packing up. And obviously the nurses could hear that she was crying. And I had a nurse come in and pick Isla up. And Isla stopped crying. And then the nurse, turn to me and go see she just needed some love yeah because you were purposely not giving your child love right right 
come on. And I remember that moment so clearly already. Mm. I've, I'm still in hospital and I feel like what I'm not doing it right. And someone else is saying anyway, so I really relate thinking about it. I wonder, gosh, I wonder if probably everyone has those hospital moments, you know, but going back to what we were saying. So Owen, stand up guy that he is. The qualities. Yeah. So the qualities that make him great. I think so. The sociability, because I had him so young, we've always been surrounded by adults. So the great thing about Owen is that he will speak to anyone very comfortably. He's not really afraid. Sit down next to him. You ask him a question, he'll tend to just start up a chit-chat conversation at some point if the conversation flows. Now, it's quite interesting because I spoke to him with his teachers and his teachers say that sometimes he's more comfortable with the adults than he is with his own peer groups, (laughs) which I also find quite interesting. But that's also who he's always surrounded by because there are no other kids and none of my other colleagues or friends that I'm close to have kids of his age because I started so but it also means that if we go to a park and he wants to go and play whether they're his age or not he'll go and play with other kids because he's like there's somebody that is wanting to play I want to play I'm gonna go be friends with him he's a pretty chilled kid as in you know I change schedules on him every five seconds Mm -hmm. bless him due to work and then I have last minute social engagements or work dinners or business trips kind of goes with the flow now I've noticed that's also why he asked me continuously what are we doing tomorrow what we doing later what we doing this because I've noticed that I'm changing the patterns on him and I've probably never created that schedule that everybody tells you you should put in place for your child but the real thing is my my life doesn't work by a schedule so I would be forcing my life to conform to something because everybody else is telling me it should conform to that way but it just doesn't work no yeah I agree and also I feel like as much as thing is people say like oh you should do this for your kids but then I also feel like when I speak to people about schedules and their kids everyone's like fuck knows so I'm like who are these people (laughs) who are they like where did we get this idea from because I swear every other parent or mom or whatever that I speak to about structure and schedule with kids they're like oh I just swing it or we just do whatever we can so I think where did we get this idea from that we needed a strict structure for our kids to thrive in exactly and I think it's just not it's not realistic you wouldn't want to do everything the same way every day that would bore any human being and nobody rarely many people don't live their life the majority of people like that change I know I do even my corporate job doesn't have that structure that's why I love my job so why would I run my household Uh it just doesn't make sense so obviously there's parameters you know bedtime is at a certain hour most of the time but that can be flexed if we're having guests over for dinner I'm not gonna kick them out just because it's now bedtime because I also think it's important to show to have that flexibility and it's important to see you know that sociability with with Owen and how you know dinners are take longer with people around them when it's just the two of us well also I think it's important for you what are you meant to do just not have any social life life because you you have you know you have a kid when I mean we were in Greece on holiday and sometimes I felt bad because we brought the pram for Isla and we'd go out and Isla would fall asleep in the pram and I almost feel embarrassed to say this out loud but sometimes we were out until 2 a.m and she was just asleep in the pram and a couple times people asked us are you not going to take her back to the hotel room so she can sleep and I felt so guilty but then I was like no <laughs> I'm sorry no <laughs> mama needs another cocktail <laughs> 
<laughs> but she's sleeping. Right. She's sleeping. So if if she was crying, yelling her eyes out, and she wanted a calm environment, a yeah. dark, calm environment that is her bedroom to sleep, then I totally get it. Yeah, then yeah. yes, at that point, of course. Of yeah. course, maybe you should take her out of the hotel. But if she's just sleeping, where are you? Does it matter where yeah. she's sleeping? What do you think has been the hardest thing about having a kid so young? If you can pinpoint. I think it's me personally. Yeah. My personal obstacle mm-hmm. for me is sometimes I felt like the expectation now that I've had a son so young at 17, what is expected of me has decreased. So... Some people didn't expect for me to finish high school. They then didn't expect for me to go to university. They then didn't expect me to go get my master's degree. Uh-huh. Nor did they expect me to get a corporate job. Uh-huh. Then to get a job that makes me travel across Europe and sometimes the world. The expectation of my achievement decreased. Yeah, just a little side note. Fucking fuck yes that you did all that. <laughs> <laughs> yes but seriously super woman super mom yeah no words but i but it shouldn't be and then i remember people being like shouldn't you be at home with your child mm. or like because i'm working full-time and then some of my work means that i travel and for a while now i've been a single mom mm-hmm. wouldn't my time be better having a job where i just stayed home do you ever wish that you stayed home more no no yeah yeah um i i i love the world i want to explore more of the world traveling is always something that's been part of our lives growing yeah up, and it's something I always wanted to continue. Now, the way I continue that is different now because I have a child. Mm -hmm. I don't just go and live in a country for three months and then move to another country because I need some sort of stability, at least for him. But I also don't want to diminish what I want to achieve for my personal goals just because I have a child. Those goals do change because I have a child. So I wanted to first be a chef. Well, chef life and a mom life doesn't mix very well when you're 17. So I um, found and, another... And, and by yourself, let's let's say that, you know, you have been a single mom for a very long time. Yeah, exactly. So these things don't mix. So then I tried and found a different dream. I did my business degree. I went into human resources because that's something I quite enjoy. And I found a way of achieving traveling and seeing more of the world and, incorpor- and getting paid for that. I I feel a bit emotional hearing you say that, if I'm honest, because without me instigating it, I've never heard anyone else say quite so clearly that their own dreams, aspirations, goals should not stop because you have a child. I, I don't know. Is it films? that you feel like you watch films and, you know, American Hollywood and all these moms stay at home and happy family, blah, blah. And that, you know, as a mom, it's like your sense of purpose. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing is that your sense of purpose wasn't fulfilled just by having a child. Oh, so I could never be, and I knew this from a very early young slash beginning of having my kid. I love my child. I love him to death, okay? But <laughs> I can't stand him at times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I sometimes want to kill him. <laughs> but my point, what I'm saying is I can never be with him 100% of the time. I pray to God the teachers that look after him yeah, yeah, during yeah. the day so that I can go to work. I could not 
be fulfilled. And I love to cook, but I could not be fulfilled being the mom at home, cooking all the meals, cooking all the breakfasts, picking up the kids, going to clubs. That's not me. I need more than that. I'm just going to let that sit. Yeah. But I also think what you're saying is right. Whether it's, I'm not sure if it's Hollywood, but society due to previous generations being females that's been our framework to work with that's the expectation you're the caregiver that you're gonna look after the kids the father figure the man of the house can go and bring home the bacon do the work and he has zero guilt or shouldn't but mom's losing time out because they should be at home then get mom guilt i have so many thoughts running through my head as you're speaking was there ever a point where you thought that potentially yeah you might want to stay at home and no not even close and i'll tell you why so owen was born in september of my senior year of high school Mm -hmm. okay i took three months out of my senior year high school so between september and december i didn't study I i mean I didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. My teachers would send me some work. I would drop in maybe once a month to give them worksheets and something so that I could somehow progress a little mm-hmm. and not completely stop the ball from rolling. But those three months were dedicated home months with a newborn. I almost went insane. Mm-hmm. I could not stand it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I wasn't enjoying spending as much time with my son. And I didn't feel like I was valuing it at times and i think the worst part is that because he was such a newborn everybody was like you need to treasure these moments because he's never gonna be this small again he's gonna grow so quickly and then you will have missed it all this pressure that made me feel guilty for not wanting to be home Mm -hmm. and it's not that i didn't want to spend time with my son i do i love him but my son isn't my whole life And just because he's not come into the picture doesn't mean he should absorb 100% of my time. But a lot of people enforce that or try to push on this this mentality that you should be at home, that this newborn should be 100% of your entire world for the next, what, 18 years? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. What about my growth? What about me as a human? What happens during that time? Do I just lose myself? Do I no longer matter because this human has come out of my vagina? No, 100%. Okay, I have two things. I don't want to forget them. Firstly, and I'm sorry, I'm genuinely sorry that I don't know the answer to this a little bit of background just for the listeners you and I are close now but we've not always been very close and I came to see Owen at the hospital but we weren't in like a really close stage Uh, or I think we drifted even just after he was born and then came back together anyway so I'm really sorry that I don't know the answer to this question and it you know hurts that I don't did you suffer with postpartum depression and baby blues? That's my question number one. And question number two, you spoke about before people envisage or have this idea that the mom should stay at home and the dad should go work, blah, blah, blah. You're both, your mom and dad. And I would be interested to hear you speak on how you manage being those two roles. Okay. So postpartum, I suffered from it lightly and it took quite a while to figure out the first few months. It showed itself in the fact that 
so remember i had a c-section yeah so my body had gone through a lot of trauma to bring this baby into the world Mm -hmm. and that recovery can take some time but the days i didn't want to get out of bed and sometimes i blamed it or like i can't like my body just won't let me but at the same time i didn't feel like i could show any weaknesses because of my age because i was so young and everybody already had so many opinions about whether I was going to be a good mom or not. I didn't feel like I could tell anyone how I truly felt. Because they'll be like, oh, you were too young to have a kid. You shouldn't be having a kid. And so, to be honest, I masked a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So, so for a, f- a few months, and it's not until at one point I was like, I went back to school full time, basically, to finish high school. And Owen's dad was looking after him during the day and he would work evenings so that we could manage both. And it's not until the pressure of like my exams and going back to school and preparing for all of that started hitting me that I couldn't, I just, I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, There was so much anxiety. I was so stressed all the time. So then I spoke to my doctors and everything else and then you know, it took some time, but actually what really helped me was routine, actually. Mm-hmm. So the routine of having to go to school, yeah. being away from my child actually really helped because then I felt a bit more like a human rather than just the caregiver of this newborn baby that is helpless. I spoke to people and I was for hours distracted enough because I had to study or be with my friends that I didn't think about away. And that, I think, was probably the thing that helped me get out of it the most. And just not be with Owen. And that sounds horrible, right? I know what you mean, but obviously you know what I've gone through um, and you know that I 100% relate. Yeah, but people are like, oh, it's a newborn. You should want to spend all this time with them. And I'm like, I do. But not at the cost of my well-being. Yeah, I don't know about you. I found it so hard when people said to me, enjoy this newborn bubble enjoy it because like you said people are like you're never gonna have it again enjoy it just stay in it but you're fucking exhausted you have no idea what you're doing and then you almost you get anxious because you're like I'm not enjoying it I should be enjoying it more but I'm not enjoying it but I'm tired but I want to do this and then it's like there's so much pressure to enjoy and then I don't know how to explain it does that make sense (laughs) and what are you enjoying you're enjoying the exhaustion and the sleep deprivation what am I really enjoying here right no that's so true (laughs) I think so So now that I have left it, and I don't know about you, but now that obviously the sort of immediate postpartum stage is finished, I think the enjoyment is in the complete stillness that the few weeks post-birth offer. And what I mean by that is there's no pressure. You don't have to do anything. You have time off work. Your partner hopefully is in a position to, you know, get paternity leave as well. And it it's just, there's nothing. You know what I mean? And I think that's what people mean by enjoy it. And the thing is, is that now that I'm out of it, I understand what they mean. Because I do, there's part of me does miss that now. There's no, there's nothing to do. And, and I don't know about you, but I remember there's a clear switch at some point where you're in this newborn. You're right. You've got the stillness, but you're also surrounded by love, care, support. And after a while, and then I, people don't give a shit. <laughs> They've seen the baby. <laughs> They've seen <that's> you. <laughs> oh, the baby's still alive a year later? Congrats. You've done your job. You've done the bare minimum. 
No, it's, no one it's, gives a shit anymore. No, it's so true. They've seen the baby once. You know, they've done their sort of duty to come visit, check in on you, bring. They've taken a photo, put it on Instagram to show their support, oh. the love of the newborn. Oh, look at the little outfit I bought for them. So so proud. But then there's just nothing. It gets worse. Good luck. What do you mean by that? As in, Isla's still quite cute now. She's still really lovely. Yeah. And she, none of her tantrums have set in yet. They're starting. <laughs> oh, they're not. They're really not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, God. <laughs> and I think I think the worst period for me was two to three. Mm. Two to three years old. Because I feel like at that point, real tantrums are there. And they're starting to grab things and move and run. And they have a lot more physicality to them. And you're then at this point trying to set in boundaries of their behaviors mm-hmm. and I feel at that point you're too concerned of what other people think so you tend to stay at your house mm-hmm. more than anything because you don't want to share this you don't, you don't <laughs> dare you, with the world you, you don't dare bring this monster out into the public world <laughs> this monster that I've created but it's not even that or it's like if you go to a friend's house a friend's house who doesn't have kids then you, as soon as you walk in you scan their room for any breakables, any potential injury makers. Oh, wow, that, I've not had to do that yet, but I can yeah, I can imagine. Because she can sit in her palm and she's still small and she can she wants to be held. She's starting to move a lot more now. Yeah, we don't okay. we we really don't leave her in the pram very much. No, but I'm I'm starting to do that because we were at the pub yesterday and then she moved to like I just I let her roam. I'm quite open. I just take her out of the pram, let her move, let her explore. And there was a fireplace and there were some things in the fireplace at the pub and she went for them and I moved them. So needless to say, I understand because she is, she is starting to, to do that. Whilst we're still on the topic of your sort of, well, we're going back a little bit, but postpartum feelings. Did you feel lonely? Because, you know, we were talking about people stop visiting you and things like that. Well, and, and I didn't have anyone visiting me at that point. I had left our home, our family home. Mm-hmm. Our family home had then moved to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Okay. The rest of our immediate family live in France. Mm-hmm. We weren't in the best of terms, but you were somewhere in London, central London or elsewhere. So at least an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we would see each other regularly. Um, And, you know, honestly, I had no idea what you were going through. It is true. You do not fucking realize until you go through it. It's unbelievable. So I had no one coming to me, yeah, yeah. okay, to visit me, except for the first, you've had a baby, let's make sure you're okay. Yeah. Other than that, no, everyone stops visiting after yeah. that. And so I had very little visitors. And because I had him so young, I couldn't admit to not knowing what the hell I was doing. Yeah. How was that? How did that make you feel? So on a day to day, I'd put a smile on my face Mm. and think of all the things that were going as well as it could. And Mm. if people asked me, I would pretend to know my shit. Because I could not show any sign of weakness to the world. (laughs) And it sucked because that took a lot more energy to do than to maybe have a cry with a friend when somebody was asking me how I was doing or to you or to my our mom or anyone. I didn't feel like I could. I didn't feel there was a safe place or a safe person I could turn to. So it was really hard. There was a lot of nights crying at home. And then what I realized was I was then going to my son's father to fulfill all of this for me. So I needed him to be my support. I needed him to also 
drive me and push me to do more he needed also to be my partner he needed to be also my lover and care for me and he then became my everything which then puts a lot of pressure on him who's also a new father trying to work trying to support us and deal with all of that and he, it's not like he had a good support system either so it wasn't great it was really hard the thing that's coming up for me the most is i want to commend you for being so generous with your kind words and so fair and honest because you're no longer with owen's dad and you didn't end on the greatest of terms and I am in awe of how, yeah, fair you are being about it. Because about it. two things. We, it's true. We, didn't, we ended on probably some terrible worst terms that anyone could think of. But just because he was a terrible partner doesn't mean he's a terrible dad. Yeah. And I think those two roles should always be differentiated. Mm. Just like if I'm a bad mom, that doesn't mean I'm a bad partner. Or if I'm a bad partner, that doesn't mean I'm a terrible mom. Yeah. Because I've been in relationships post that and I haven't been a great partner. That doesn't mean I'm a shitty mom. Mm -hmm. And so I think roles... Those roles definitely need to be differentiated. Even after that, you know, he's no longer part of our lives and Owen's life at all now. But that doesn't mean that that period of time that he was part of his life, he was a terrible person to Owen because he wasn't. We made decisions. He made decisions. And whether I agree with them or not, it is what it is. And this is the situation we're in now. So I think it's also important to just sometimes we need to be as factual as we can be and not drive those emotions because it's not going to help anyone at the end of the day. Some wise words spoken from you. Yeah, I completely agree. In those early weeks, months, what are some of the... <laughs> I spent a lot of time on Google. What are some of the things that you Googled? More recently, and I say recently, maybe a couple of years ago, I have a boy. Now, I've never grown up with boys. We're, we're a family of women. Yeah. And at one point, we were in the park, and he's riding his bike, and he tells me his penis hurts. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm like, can you just not move it? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do I tell him? I can't go into his pants and like move it. And like, I'm like, is he sitting on his penis while riding the bike? Is it long enough to do that? Like, <laughs> do I have a kid with a huge penis that's just in the way all the time? <laughs> oh my goodness. So then he stopped riding his bike. I convinced him that he should go run to hopefully the movement would help alleviate whatever was happening. <laughs> Has he ridden his bike since? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And his penis hasn't fallen off since then. So I think we're okay. I thought you were going to say that you found him exploring himself. <laughs> That's to come. It is to come. Probably sooner than I would like to think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been moments I've wondered, but we haven't broached that subject just yet. Do you think you will? Oh, yeah, of course. So we've already been through the birds and the bees. I don't even and know what sex, that is. And periods. What's the birds and the bees? It's having sex. Why is it called birds and, babies. and bees? And babies is where babies come from. I don't know. It's an English saying that when they're talking about oh. the birds and the bees. Okay. I don't know why. Okay, lovely. You can Google this afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the adult Googling <laughs> what is birds and bees. <laughs> the birds and the bees. The birds and the bees. Okay. Yeah. Do you have an age that you think you might ask him about this? So, I don't think I will ever ask him if he's doing it. 
Hey, Owen, are you masturbating today? <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. You really start doing it. Like, what do you want me to say about it? It's really good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was, I'm so happy you said it. I was going to say it, but I was like, is this too graphic for this podcast? What's <laughs> your podcast? You tell me. No, I'm so happy. No, 100%. It's never too graphic because, fuck me, we're all going through it. I mean, I'm not going through this particular thing right now, but this is, but this is why we need to... Not yet. Give it, give it 10, 15 years. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think at one point I will sit him down and explain there are some real benefits to masturbation. Like, <laughs> this feels so cringy. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if mom had said to us girls, ah, oh, fuck me, masturbation? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby girls. I'm like, <laughs> see, that's what I mean. No, no. You, oh. But at the same did mom ever sit you down and tell you about periods and sex no. and. Yeah, exactly. But I wish she had. But I'm doing that with her. Oh, so no, I, I agree. Got, so, so I Did mum sit you down and talk to you about it? Exactly. I got pregnant to 17. Do you think that would have happened? <laughs> no, no. She left it to health class, which obviously... I don't I don't even remember going. And remember the baby project with the fake baby crying? No, I remember yours. Did I have one? You remember mine? I think so. Yeah, you had soccer practice. I had to look after it. Oh, that rings a bell <laughs> Because I knew I saw the future. I knew you needed more practice. I knew it. See, you are welcome. Gosh, it does ring a bell now that I gave you I gave you my baby. In case, dear listeners, I'm, a, I'm older than Sarah, me, Magli. In case it wasn't clear, guys, um, I can confirm she's my youngest sister. I do feel like even from a young age that you were a bit more responsible. That's why you had the baby. Well, even if it wasn't the case, after having a kid at 17, my maturity levels went up real quick. Do you feel like that put pressure on you to then become even more responsible, if that makes sense? Oh, 100%. But I also think because I had the drive to also want to keep doing shit for myself. Yeah, you've got a great drive. Like, I did... I mean, this sounds horrible, okay? And I mean absolutely no judgment to anyone who does it Mm -hmm. because they have no other option or because they want to. But I'm not the type of person that could have stayed at home, left off benefit because i could receive them and be happy with that mm-hmm. and i'm not saying people who have been received benefits are genuinely happy with that but I, that wasn't the stereotype i wanted to live my life through um because it's very much a stereotype you know you're 17 and pregnant you get a council flat you live off of benefits and that's the rest of your life and that's definitely not the stereotype i wanted to live up to and you know i'm very fortunate that i have a family that have helped me financially throughout my whole life mm-hmm. so that didn't have to be my lifestyle mm-hmm. and or my life so i don't i don't ever want to take that for granted yeah. but because of that i wanted to go to university i wanted a good job for myself i wanted to get my master's degree in all of that so that drive yeah. just kept pushing me um so i'm gonna go back a little bit tell us about being mom and dad it fucking sucks I mean, being a mom is hard enough, right? Then be doing it on your own. Mm-hmm. You have, do you ever get those moments where you're not sure what you're doing? Do you ever just go to George like, is this, do you, is this okay? Yeah. Can I do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. So I want to say I'm lucky. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure lucky is the right word. I'm grateful that our relationship lasted until Owen was five. Yeah. 
so I'm grateful that those harder years where you are more at home and you have a lot less ability to I don't know or flexibility to just bring your child sometimes because by the time they're kind of five they know better behaviors they you, you can explain things a bit to them it's not easy but it's easier than if they're two or one do you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I'm grateful that Owen's father and I's relationship lasted until Owen was five and that we were able to have that but taking a step back from that I was 22 years old, a single mom of a five-year-old on my own with my whole family abroad in a different country. To the point that I remember that when when the relationship broke down, I called everyone (laughs) to be like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Nobody answered their phone. (laughs) I remember you ended up calling, you know, an ex of mine, uh, my partner at the time. Because he's the closest one. He was the he was the closest one. And because I was, I think I was in Italy at the time, working abroad. Yeah, I had called our, our mom. She was in France at the time, just to be like, what do I do? Didn't answer the phone. No, you know, called a million other people, my friends. But they were doing other things. They were into, you know, it just happened. Maybe that day, everybody had plans. <laughs> they were all at the restaurant having cocktails without me. <laughs> And I remember that's when that's when I truly felt alone. And I realized at that moment, no matter what, I need to be able to just figure shit out for myself. Oh. And that was hard. But the best part was when I eventually managed to speak to my mom. We went and spent a week with my with our mom in Switzerland, in France, Switzerland, with Owen, so that throughout the breakup I could just manage that emotionally. And Owen was being taken care yeah. of, and I could just figure that out. Yeah. And then. And then we made an action plan. I found an apartment. My job was incredibly accommodating. And that's maybe a very lucky privilege of having had a corporate job, even that young. I said, I have a family emergency. It's going to take at least a week, if not more. I don't know when I'm coming back. I'm really sorry. And they were like, okay, go. Honestly, I think back to that and that pool manager, I had just started. It'd only been a month and a half. Those little things... Oh my god, isn't that just that I think the best. Yeah. It was just it was a break I needed at the time. Mm. It's also something that again helped me not derail my whole life. Cause that could have been, nah, you we need you here, you're not here, you don't get your job. Yeah. And then that could mean I couldn't get the next job because if I didn't succeed in this one corporate job, why would I succeed in the next corporate? You know what I mean? Like it just that break was just what I needed at the yeah. time. And I was a bit of humanity from, you know, yeah, just anyone, someone, anyone. Yeah. This is on a much smaller scale. But when I took Owen and Isla to France, just me, we got out of the plane and I'd lost my phone and Owen needed the toilet and he was like, uh, tata mag, I need to pee, I need to pee. And I was like, okay, hang on, we're going to get, we're going to find a toilet. Isla's starting to get Aggie. She's been on the plane, she wants to get off, blah, blah. And she's like, ah. And I'm, I've lost my phone and I'm starting to get stressed and I can feel that I've got tears in my eyes. And then this man walked by and I don't know if he saw my face and saw that maybe I was starting to well up a little bit, but he stopped me and he said, well done. Oh, I'm getting emotional. He said, well done, you've got this, it's okay. And then just walked away. And I was like, it's okay. (laughs) And like, it's so small. (laughs) I feel ridiculous comparing that little moment to your huge. But it's so true. Like, it's those acts of kindness, right? Like, 
you don't know what another person's going through a lot of the time internally mentally and whether it's with kids or other family members or whatever else mm-hmm. those moments of kindness yeah. changes everything yeah, yeah, yeah. i think one thing I, i'm trying to be mindful and i understand being mom and dad but i'm just a parent I'm not two and one mm-hmm. and I can never take the place of Owen's father. I'm just one parent here trying to do as much as I can. Um no and- you're so you're sorry to interrupt but you're so right to not correct me but to say that yeah you're not mom and dad you're just the parent that is present and you you don't differentiate between oh right mom hat on and dad hat on you're just a, a parent. parent that does mm-hmm. Well, whatever you can. One amazing advantage Ooh. of being the only parent, okay, is I have no one changing the rules on me or not following through or telling me they're going to do something and they're not doing them. <laughs> and <laughs> Are you in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, I mean, if, if I tell myself I'm going to do something and then I don't do it, at least I can justify it to myself. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, it's okay. Or like, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> right i don't have to justify it to anyone else mm-hmm. like i don't need to go to my partner and be like sorry i didn't do the laundry i decided that i needed two hours mental health day and watch the real housewives on repeat <laughs> how often does that happen <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> listeners you can't see what she's doing <laughs> but... oh, yeah i was nodding along like <laughs> yeah 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 don't pull out all my secrets to the world <laughs> so yeah that is one of the most amazing advantages uh, because that means if I set a rule, mm-hmm. that's it. There's no compromising on that rule. That is the rule. Mm-hmm. So I'm really strict on own when it comes to manners, mm-hmm. but I'm the one that upholds that. There's no one else that's letting that slide yeah. on the other side. At the same time, the most infuriating point is if I make the rule, I'm the only one enforcing it. Yeah. There's no one else taking up the slack or if I'm tired, there's nobody else to step in. You know, I come back from work, but I'm exhausted after that work. I can't just pass the child off to my partner and be like, can you handle this for an hour while I go take a bath? Mm-hmm. I have to just find a way, some mustard to keep going. And that, that time is hard. But I try not to think about it a lot, if I'm being completely honest. Because the more you think about it, the quicker I'm going to go down this really deep, dark hole. And I'm not sure I can ever climb myself out of <laughs> So I just take it day by day. Yeah. You finish one day, hope the slate is clean for the next day, and then you try again as much as you can. Hope the slate is clean. Yeah, I I really feel that. You have something that you do for you that helps you manage the day-to-day or not manage, but like just helps you cope, I guess, or I don't know, a mantra or do you know what I mean? Just something that you feel like you come back to, um, a thought, anything. Cleaning the slate clean at the end of the day yeah. I think is the biggest thing you know with yourself or with Owen both no matter how mad I am with Owen okay we have a bedtime routine that includes kisses love good night cuddles no matter how infuriated I could be with him even 20 minutes before that mm-hmm. we're doing the bedtime routine mm-hmm. unless there's a massive meltdown and then he goes to bed and he doesn't want to be spoken to because he wants his own personal space that's fine the next morning good morning how did you sleep yeah we but but it's like the the day the previous day did it happen what's the thing he's done that's infuriated you the most or just he told me he hated me before and i don't know if that was more infuriating or heartbreaking yeah 
Like, I can't imagine. A child you sacrifice for, no matter what. No matter if you're a single mom or not in a relationship. As a parent, you sacrifice every day something for your child. For their well-being, for their bettering in life, you sacrifice. And that's that comes with the territory of a parent, right? But there's moments like that when you've had a long day, you then have a fight with your child. Um, because they all they have a tantrum and you're like is this sacrifice worth it because you're having a wobbly moment and then and then he hits you in the gut with i hate you (laughs) and then you're like it's really not worth it um yeah it's tough and i think also yeah it's just tough and there's that's why i think it's important to try and i mean when I say clean the slate at the end of every day, after we've spoken about it. So I try to keep everyone in my life, but especially my son, accountable for what he says and what he does. So he says he hates me. We need to have a conversation about this. You know, he does something wrong. We sit down, we talk about it. I make him apologize specifically for what he's done, not just a blanket. I'm sorry. What are you actually sorry for? Are you sorry for the words? Are you sorry for hurting me? What are you sorry for? Because that's where you get a meaningful apology. After that, once we've had that conversation, hugs and kisses, I love you. So that we close that chapter and then we can move on. And then that way we don't carry any of that to the next day. Do you remember what that was for the argument why he said no idea no. <laughs> no idea and i think you'll have a lot of these in your lifetime you'll have a lot of but i think with anyone and i don't know if i'm the type of person i will i will rarely remember the words of what people say to me but i'll remember the feeling i'll remember where we were maybe what i'm even wearing that day i can tell you and i remember the feeling. so yeah no idea what happened it was probably like i didn't let him play the video game anymore like I, I turned off the xbox or something or i asked him to go change socks and he was like no these are my favorite socks so now he hates me like <laughs> mom life <laughs> yeah it's probably something really silly yeah but it is what it is what do you get mum guilt about everything what's maybe the most prominent time so or the lack of time i i spend with owen and that goes back to the beginning you know what we were talking about you know, about trying to follow your own dreams and be your own human while also raising a human <laughs> It's not easy trying to juggle these balls. And then, so having, I also don't understand, right? I meant to work a full-time job because I'm a single mom, right? So that's, what, 37 or 40 hours a week. That's contractually, that doesn't include the extra hours I do because, well, corporate life means I work stupid hours or I travel, okay? I'm then also meant to have me time, right? Reflection time. So that I don't go insane. I'm also then also meant to exercise. I'm also meant to eat and cook balanced healthy meals. I'm also meant to have a social life. I'm also meant to, you know, I don't know, meditate and do yoga. I'm also meant to have a therapist on speed dial to make sure I have weekly check-ins. I'm also meant to have time with my friends. Like... Time to masturbate. Oh, and, and you know, also do laundry. And also, like, clean the house. And also visit family in different countries. And also, the fuck am I going to do? Like, I'm I'm one person. I can't do all of this. But yet, that is societal expectation. And it's for everyone. It's not just me. Everybody gets these sort of expectations. You know, you're also expected to read the news every day. Or listen to the news. Know what's happening with the world. And read 28 books in a month. One for each day, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I can't remember the last time I paid attention to the news. And I, like, side note, you know, nothing to do with mum guilt, but human guilt. I feel fucking stupid, you know? Exactly. That people, people talk about something on the news and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you, though, that Isla had a rash on the back of her thigh. <laughs> exactly. And so then people don't tend to want to socialise with you less because all you're talking about is your new baby or your child. But that's also because I don't have time to do anything else. Leave me the fuck alone and listen to my mom's story. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so true. So I have a lot of guilt of like, am I doing the right thing? Am I not spending enough quality time with Owen? You know, and that doesn't mean just sitting on the same sofa while he plays the Xbox and I'm playing Candy Crush on my phone or something. <laughs> Which has happened in the past, and that's hard. And then imagine trying to have a dating life as a single mom. So try adding that to the vault, the juggle. Like I actually, I thought about asking you, you know, dating as a single mom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I thought that that could open up such a big can of worms that I vote that we keep it for uh, part two <laughs> of uh, of Mom Confessions featuring Sarah. What do you think? <laughs> That'll be that'll be the true true um, juicy goal. The juicy one, guys. Guys, trust you me. <laughs> you will not want to miss. I know because I'm the sister and I've heard the goss and probably not all of it. Um, <laughs> trust you me. You will not want to miss this episode. <laughs> Yeah, there are some great stories that I can only hope she will be happy to share with us, will you? Not right now, in the Gosh, future. Gosh, and if I don't, this is the worst introduction to that second yeah, episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you will, you will. Um, will you? Oh, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Okay, is there, is there anything you want to leave us with? A message or a thought or any anything else you feel you want to say for you honestly anything oh, it I feel like I, I feel like my words you're asking for my words of wisdom um so and... although it sounds like I'm asking for words of wisdom yes but I also mean it, it can also be something that you feel like you've never gotten the opportunity to say and if something comes to mind but you don't dare say it I encourage you to say it no judgment no guilt no nothing because I can only imagine that you probably you know, won't be the only one having this feeling, the floor is yours. I think, I think my last thing I would ever share, not ever, but I mean share here, is I've had moments where I've, I've planned my exit route, like who I'm going to leave the own with and I'm running away to the most furthest point in the globe on this desert island i'm gonna live in a cabana and just get fish from the ocean and survive so that i can escape this reality because sometimes it just feels too hard like it's too hard to keep going and on those days dig deep within you if you can and if you can't that's also okay try and reach out to somebody and to the people that don't have kids reach out to your mom friends post the first six months of the baby being born and try to regularly check in i think that's the important day and try and remember that the next day is always a new day so if the last day was a bad day go to sleep that doesn't mean that the following day needs to be a bad day too i agree wonderful words how have you dealt with feeling like sometimes people haven't been there for you getting into therapy territory i think it's hard and it depends 
what type of person you're and how I think the hardest is to deal out is with your family mm-hmm. because you love your family no matter what right um and so you don't always want to bring up the past because that may ruin a good moment that you're having now mm-hmm. um and it's not that you've forgotten or it doesn't matter anymore it just it's still so there. it's still there so I don't I don't for me personally I don't think you necessarily get over that but you find other qualities. So for me, I tried to find the other qualities, okay? So that person wasn't there for me in that moment, but have they been there for me in other moments, okay? Yeah. Or what does that person bring to my life? No. That may not be reliability, but it could mean if I'm crying, mm-hmm. they'll answer the phone. You know what I mean? Or they make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Or it's something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't always have to be about being there for that person all the time so but the most important thing i think is try and have a cabinet of people um and what i mean by that is if you go to your alcohol shelf okay you don't have six bottles of vodka yeah you'll have a different bottle you'll have vodka gin whiskey okay so when you go to make your cabinet of people make sure you don't have the same person surrounding you get different types of people so that you can one go to different people for different things okay so for example if i know magli's not the best at asking for life just cooking advice or what to do with a passport renewal because (laughs) those are the things she comes to me for (laughs) whatever do you mean (laughs) (laughs) but you're great at if I call you and I just need to vent you will be there and you will listen without judgment and if I tell you I'm pissed off and I need you to be pissed off with me you will curse out whoever person I'm talking about even if you've never met them and sometimes and I sometimes you just need that you just need that love and that support okay so admin life advice don't go to Maggie in my she's not the person I go to in my cabinet right <laughs> that's I go to my mom for that admin life that's so funny I'm literally the most unorganized admin person. Magli comes to me just so that I can Google it for her and then send it back to her. But honestly, this is, I think for me, and this was before I had Isla, the expression mom's know best is, you know, a non-expression. But for me, this was such a eye-opener. The day you said to me that whatever I ask you, you just Google it. Because I, so my sister, um, Sarah, for... For those of you that don't know, she's very organized, very logical, business-minded. I'm much more, you know, emotional, kind of, you know, creative side. To be fair, you are creative. But, you know, if if we're going to separate... The two, different sides yeah, of the yeah, brain. Yeah. Exactly. And, yeah, I have gone to Sarah, like, okay, I need to renew my passport. What do I do? Okay, I need to apply for some sort of government thing. What the fuck do I do? And I remember once I asked you, and you were like okay, hang on. And I can only imagine you were Googling the answer. And then you came back to me with the answer. And then you said, Magalie, do you know that I've just Googled this? And you could have also Googled it. And it's just in my head, though, I think it's because, but you're right, you're a mom. And in my head, I was like, moms, no, you, you must know. Because you're a mom. Yeah, so did you also download your mom knows knowledge when Isla came? Or is that still booting up? Why why can we not download this? This is so mom knows knowledge. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Why why is this not a downloadable PDF that we can find on Google? (laughs) We need to create this. Oh, it was such an eye-opener for me. Yeah, when you said, by the way, (laughs) 
whatever you ask me I just google so that's I think that's important yeah so the cabinet of people going back to the I original point, having different people just like at the beginning I said one thing that was really tough when I felt lonely is that I was putting all this pressure on my partner mm. to so he was the vodka bottle but I wanted him to taste also like Malibu and tequila and also whiskey depending on my need on the different time of the day that's not possible that is the best analogy for for that that doesn't make sense you know what I mean that's such a great analogy (laughs) okay ah I think I think we've covered everything there's no other things you want to say I think I've said enough okay um you'll be back anyway we want the goss remember we want the juicy details on single mom dating life don't pull that face I know you have some good stories for us (laughs) um thank you so much for coming on the podcast bisous bisous um bye wait wait no No. not bye say bye to our listeners first oh bye humans (laughs) hope you have a happy life and good luck with parenting um the the best part is people say it ends at 18 it doesn't so but they can then drink with you not be the reason for your drink (laughs) that is so funny thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast we will see you and speak to you very soon Bye. Bye.